Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Fast Performance Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Thomas. This week we don't have a guest, but I was uh, given a lot of questions through my Instagram DMs and other questions on various social media platforms. And we're going to go over some questions I got for the upcoming fall season. Uh, you know, while I'm not generally a fan of fall baseball, I think there are people who will still play it and there are still people who can effectively utilize that time to refine some skills, get some more playing time and ingratiate themselves more into the game. But, you know, it comes with some caveats, right? Um, so we'll go through some questions real quick about um, what strategies we could use for fall ball as it comes up here as we're into what says August late August, getting ready to start the fall season. So our first question comes from Instagram and it, it asks, how can I maximize my performance during fall ball to stand out to coaches and improve my chances for the upcoming season? The best way to maximize performance in the fall season, depending on if you're doing, it, it depends on context. Are we looking for improve, you know, impressing our coaches for next spring for the high school season. Like we want to make a higher level team, like the varsity or the junior varsity, if we're like a freshman or sophomore, or are we looking for, I'm trying to get recruited to a college somewhere and I need to be able to maximize my performance to enhance my ability to get recruited. Those are two totally different things. They're essentially the same, but two totally different environments, right? You know, for, when you're trying to maximize your performance to make it to the next uh, level, like for your team or whatever, your high school program, you want to focus on being competitive, throwing a lot of strikes, you know, throwing with a decent amount of velocity and just getting hitters out. Right. That's what stuff that will stand out to coaches uh, like your varsity coach. Right. You know, your ability to get guys out consistently is what's going to help you maximize your level and maximize your ability to advance teams and get more playing time uh, with a var with maybe a varsity team that you may not be a senior or a junior. Maybe you're a lower level guy. You know, your ability to get batters out is what's going to help you maintain and impress those coaches at those levels. On the college recruiting side, what you want to work on and kind of work to maximize is can you be throwing hard, but with control and command and having multiple pitches that you can throw for strikes, right? You're trying to show guys that you have the potential to be able to play at the next level, right? You know, just being able to get guys out, you know, obviously while it is important, you know, are you only able to get guys out to a certain level, you know, and you're, you know, you only play this style of baseball where you're throwing low sevens. Well, it may work for you at your level, but does that translate to the next level? Right. I think for guys trying to maximize their recruiting ability, they need to be willing and confident that like, Hey, I need to throw hard. I need to have a velocity. I need to have good ball breaking balls and good off speed pitches while not necessarily being obsessed with just throwing strikes ultimately. Right. You need to be able to show that you have the tools to go on to the next level, and then you will then in improve on the skills, right? So two totally different like strategies of thought, uh, depending on what your current goal is, if you're trying to get recruited or you're just trying to impress your varsity high school coach, right? Uh, number two, how can I use fall ball to work on my pitching velocity and accuracy? And are there any routines that could help? 
in fall ball, it's very difficult to enhance velocity. You maybe could enhance velocity by just improving mechanical uh, efficiency, but like the true essence of like velocity development, like we train here at fast is very difficult to do if you're playing in a fall ball schedule, right? The way we like to do it is, you know, we have a maybe plyo care velocity on a Monday or a Tuesday, and then we'd like to do, you know, pull downs or mount velos on that Friday, right? Which is not conducive to most fall ball programs because they're going to play on the weekends ultimately when you're going to school five times a week, four or five times a week, right? So improving velocity is very, is not the priority if you're going to play, right? Now you can still work on some mechanical efficiencies like through practice and coming into the facility uh, one or two times a week, maybe if you're not practicing as much or maybe as a supplement to your practice. And you know, working on some mechanical efficiency, which is going to help you to it to a certain extent, but it may not be, you're not going to reach the velocity gains or the velocities you wish you want to, or you make, you're kind of prioritizing to reach, right? As it comes to accuracy, I mean, accuracy comes down to how well you train it, right? Um, you know, how often are you training yourself to throw with control, can throw with command, right? You know, when you play catch, are you, you know, do you do play catch to just throw and get loose or do you kind of have a strategy around it? Right. You know, on the early on the early outset, like early in your catch play, you know, hey, if you're going to just get loose, it's fine. Right. But if you on the way back in, depending on how far out you go, are you working on, you know, hitting the guy's body from a certain distance and then focusing on just throwing, hitting his head or his knees or whatever. Right. Velocity accuracy training comes from how actively are you training it? We always focus on, you know, we always think about like, I can actively do velocity training. I can actively do a pitch design session, right? But you have, there's a, there's a bit of an intention in command training that I think guys always kind of overlook. And then they go, and then they kind of just look at you. And I was like, why can't I throw strikes? Like, well, how often do you train yourself to throw strikes? Right. If you're not training yourself in your catch play, if you're not using every opportunity to focus on, you know, just control, right. More than anything else. And you're spraying the ball all over, all over the field, you know, hitting the backstop, bouncing it, what, what have you, you know, it becomes very difficult to give yourself a reasonable expectation that you can control the ball if you're never practicing it actively. Right. I think there's some routines that you can utilize such as, you know, Anytime you throw play catch, you do like a flat ground, right? Where you come up to about 60, 40 to 60 feet, have your catch partner get on his knees, and then you throw balls about 60, 70, 80% intensity, right? Focus on mechanics, focus on control, focus on a consistent release point. And those are just ways you can practice those skills without putting too much strain on it, right? Put, putting too much thought, putting too much mental strain into the activity you're actually trying to perform. There are ways to do it. It just depends on how much do you commit to that process, right? And how much do you commit to being as perfect as possible while you're practicing those skills, right? Because you can throw a 15, 20 pitch flat ground, but if five of the balls you threw were strikes, you know, if you had a plate and everything else was a ball, did you really accomplish anything? Right. Make sure you got your flat ground work in, but did, did you, was it to a standard that you would like to hold yourself to? Right. Or is it held to a standard that would be conducive to throwing more strikes than you usually do? Right. So there's ways to do it for on the accuracy side, velocity wise, you're very much limited to 
can I just work on improving my mechanical efficiency as well as maybe just getting into the weight room, which is what something we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, third question during fall ball, should I focus more on refining my existing pitches or experimenting with new ones to see what works best for me? I am a big fan of refining your existing pitches to a point that I don't like the idea of adding pitches for the sake of adding pitches, right? You know, everyone comes in like, oh, I'd like to throw, I want to learn a cutter or I want to learn a slider of a more of a curveball dominant guy, right? Or I need to learn this changeup or a saint or a two seam or what have you. You know, everyone always kind of comes in with this idea like, I throw two or three pitches, a fastball, a changeup, and a breaking ball, like a slider or a curveball. And then they need to add a fourth pitch. Right. But if they're not consistent enough with throwing strikes or throw, or have not, or they have not maximized those three pitches to a certain extent, then the fourth pitch only just adds confusion. Right. Like if I don't have a consistent, if I don't have consistently good movement on my changeup, adding a slider is not really going to help the changeup. Right. Unless you want to scrap, unless you're going to just end up scrapping the changeup, which I don't usually recommend. Um, if you're not, you know, if you're not good with your curveball, right, you don't get consistently good movement, you can't throw for strikes, you can't, you know, you, you're not confident with him when you're throwing, what is adding the slider going to help you with, right? Now, if you're in this, in that situation where you're good with your fastball, you're good with your breaking ball, you're good with your changeup, maybe we can consider something, but I f- I'm in the, I'm in the camp of refine, you know, get something really refined first before adding on to it. Right. I think most major league, most professional guys would agree that if you've not that, if you've not maximized the curveball or your breaking ball, for example, right. Any of your break, like your curveball, for example, if you've not maximized that and you're still, if and you, and you're getting hit, adding a slider, you know, only will take away from your training with the curveball. If you want to still make the curveball a big priority in your arsenal. Right. So, I'm a big believer, like use, utilize, I think you should utilize fall ball. And obviously this is a case by case basis, but I would more often use fall ball to refine the pitches that you already have to, to, you know, gain confidence with those pitches, gain a, a more, better like focal point or a better process with those three pitches. And then once you've maximized those things, and you're still not getting the results. Then it turns into, all right, now let's start adding another pitch, right? If you're if you're and adding another pitch is what's going to keep you from making it to the next level, then yeah, we should probably add that in there. But you know, I'd say if you can get at least three pitches to throw consistently that you can throw for strikes that you have with confidence, you know, those are the three you need to focus on refining, and then we begin the process of adding a third, a fourth pitch, or a fifth pitch, what have you, down that line. But for this, for most most guys, I think if you can just consistently work on the two to three pitches you throw work on developing a consistent process around them that would be the that would be my main strategy this fall to refine those and make sure those are good before we begin experimenting with another pitch uh fourth question this comes from i got this on x or what used to be twitter (laughs) since elon decided to change it uh during fall ball should i focus more all right sorry i just read that again um what mental strategies can I implement during fall ball to overcome performance pressure and boost my overall confidence on the field? I think this goes to uh, this kind of what goes back to the original, an original idea that we've talked about on this podcast before. It's the, you know, 
I think fall ball, you're not really competing for anything. I hope, hopefully you're not competing for anything because there's really nothing that's of, you know, remarkable achievement in fall ball. It's more or less, this is a time to improve on some skills you maybe struggle with in the spring or the fall, or you're getting some playing time that you, that you didn't get during the spring and the fall, right? This is a time to experiment and be, you know, learn, learn about ourselves just regarding the pitching stuff I just talked about moments ago. Uh, but for mental strategies and how can you work on, you know, developing, you know, peak perform performance during pressure, right? You know, challenge yourself. Um, I think something you can always have fun. Like I think Trevor Bauer is a very good example of that when he is trying to, trying to challenge himself. Like you've seen videos all over YouTube or Instagram or anywhere on social media of what he does when he's pitching he tries to challenge himself each and every time, whether it's the, you know, closing his left eye, one of the, one of his eyes, or he wants to double up sliders, you know, fall ball should be traded the same way almost as spring training is where you're trying to experiment with things. You're trying to, you know, you know, it's make the moment bigger than it needs to be. Cause then you just got to put yourself, you just got kind of put yourself in that position to, okay, you know, I need to focus on like this batter. I'm only throwing fastballs to him or I'm only going to throw changeups, right? That way you improve not only those pitches, but like, all right, if I'm limited, how can I maximize my performance with my limitations, right? And, you know, maybe you talk to your coach about, I really want to focus on putting myself in situations where I've got, you know, guys in scoring position with one out, right? Or less than two outs. I really want to prior like... At the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to, you know, what are your goals for the fall? And you need to make sure your, your, your goals are actionable and that you can execute on them, right? If your goal is to improve my performance under pressure, right, you need to talk to your coach about putting you in more pressure packed situations, right? Or at least add or creating an aura of pressure around the situation you're in. If you, you know, you can get come like you talk to your coach, like, can I come into a point where maybe the bases might be loaded with less than two outs, right? How do I get myself out of the situation, right? Because the more you expose yourself to those pressure performance, to those pressure situations, the more comfortable you're going to get with them. And I think um, this goes back to what we talked about with um, Stephanie a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago about you can never totally prepare yourself for those pressure situations, but you can, you know, create a work, work on a sense of confidence around I've done the training necessary to compete in this uh, situation. Right. So if you can train yourself to, you know, have that ultimate belief in yourself that I've done through my training and all the work I've done, I can go and get the job done. Right. Like, like what Stephanie said, like, you know, with guys like Cal Raleigh was the exact example where, you know, you don't train for the, you know, late inning game, late innings, hit a home run to send your team to the playoffs for the first time in 21 years, right? You don't train for those situations. You can put your, you can kind of imagine those situations, but once you're in it, it's very tough to, until you're in it, sorry, until you're in it, it's very tough to replicate that scenario. Right. So that's where I work to advocate for guys to work on to train in those positions, but ultimately know that what you might train yourself to feel is ultimately not going to be the feeling that comes arises. But, you know, you can always train yourself like I don't, you know, get the butterflies and what everyone says. You always get those butterflies in the situations because it's a big moment. Right. 
So if you can train yourself to be better in the moment, you know, and understand like it ultimately comes down to have I done the a necessary training to get myself to prepare myself and know that I can succeed in this moment, right? And I think that's what you ultimately need to practice is, you know, it's a confidence thing. It's a self-confidence and an awareness that if I've done the work and I've done the necessary skill development to succeed in this moment, I will succeed, right? And I think if you can make that kind of your aura throughout the fall, I think that would will really help with the perform, you know, pressure perform, uh, how to perform under pressure throughout the rest of the fall. And then you ultimately bring that into the spring. Uh, um, our next question will come comes from Instagram. It's how do I approach fall ball in terms of balancing skill development with injury prevention and recovery? So the good thing about uh, fall ball, to me at least, is that really games are only played on the weekends. So Saturday is Sunday. You maybe play a doubleheader on Saturday or a doubleheader on Sunday, and you get one scrimmage per the week, right? depending on your program, depending on who you play for and how kind of stringent they are with that. Um, I think what's good about what you can do in the fall season to really work on balancing that skill development with the injury prevention and recovery is you basically, I think to me at least, you should never ever skip on the weight room more than anything else. I think the weight room, if you can go twice a week, it's all you need. You know, it's like a Tuesday and Thursday if you're going to play on the weekends. Right. And then you balance your practicing and your skill development here or anywhere else you go. You know, you balance those things. That is how you begin to develop the skill development while preventing injury or mitigating injury. I hate the word injury prevention because it's very tough to do. Um, the, weight the weight room, your sleep, how much you're eating throughout the week are all those things that you can work to. That's how you can work on balancing those two different systems. Right develop developing my skills while making sure I stay as healthy as possible. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't, nothing changes really at the end of the day in terms of the messaging and the process It's you know, eating, sleeping and lifting, I think are the three biggest things that will make sure you maintain a certain level of, um, you know, readiness while working on the skill development and being able to compete in the games that you compete in. Uh, Next, second to last question, we only had like seven or eight of these, so we'll be kind of quick today or this week. Are there any specific nutritional or fitness guidelines I should follow during fall ball to ensure I'm in peak physical condition for the upcoming season? I think while the fall is different than the summer because you're kind of playing more often in the summers and, you know, it's hot, usually going to be hotter, the thing – Always be thinking to yourself that, you know, fall ball and the fall in general is the time to put on some weight, put on some strength, and ultimately prepare yourself for the for the offseason, right? Fall ball in that case is a little bit different because you're still working on that. You got that competitive side still. I think if you can maintain a calorie surplus to be still maintaining the, the weight gain, and then, like, once again, getting into the weight room, um, getting in with a certified uh, strength coach, and, you know, remember getting your sleep, eating your calories and all that stuff. Those are the things that I would are your biggest guidelines, I would feel like. Right. You know, the, the basic guideline is I forget what the exact calorie count is off the top of my head, but you can do you can find uh, on calculators all over the Internet. 
and finding your bast cell metabolic rate. That is your basic, you know, your rough estimate of how many calories you burn in a day if you weren't just just to stay alive, right? Because your body is still burning calories to, you know, pump blood through your body, for your brain to work, for your muscles to move and everything like that. Um, so you need to work on finding what is that level that you need to be eating to maintain your weights and to maintain bodily function. And then you need to start increasing those weight, you know, that calorie, you know, number by like 250 to 500 extra calories per week or per day. Right. Depend and you could do a whole equation on, uh, throughout the week as well. Uh, but the, I mean, those are the two biggest, th biggest thing is maintain your a caloric deficit. Make sure you eat sleeping seven, eight, at least seven to nine hours a night. You know, I think a lot of you high school guys will struggle with that. And I know you college guys will struggle with that, especially on the weekends. Um, but at the end of the day, like that's one of the things that it, this is your career, right? If you don't take these kind of process oriented skills seriously, you know, you're only going to get so much out of what you invest in, right? If you're not investing into your, in your nutrition, you're not investing into your sleep, you're not investing into a strength and conditioning program, you know, the return you get back is basic is what you're going to get, right? You're not going to get, you're not going to be throwing as hard as you think you should. You're not, you're not going to be swinging the bat as hard as you think you should. You're not going to be running as fast as you think. You're not going to be as strong. You know, you're always going to be consistently tired. You're going to be lethargic because you haven't fed your body, right? At the end of the it's like to be a really good athlete takes a lot of sacrifice, right? And I know you guys have all heard this, and I know it's going to be boring as shit when you read, when you hear it again. But the more the more you can take seriously the process oriented stuff to, during this fall, the better off you're going to accelerate into the off season in the winter when we do a lot more skill development based things. You know, you're going to set yourself up for, you know, success, right? As opposed to setting yourself up for failure. Take advantage of the skip, take advantage of the nutrition, take advantage of the sleep and take advantage of the strength and conditioning stuff. And all that, a lot, most of your stuff will take care of itself. All right. And then finally, we'll finish off uh, with, are there any recommended recovery strategies or routines I should follow between pitching outings to prevent overuse and potential injury during fall ball? That's a great question because I know this happens all the time. Um, your bait, your, what you need to do for routines is as follows. Depending on how many games you play, you know, if you start, you start the game or you are a reliever or anything like that, you know, at the end of every game, you need to make sure that you're eating, right? Too many guys, you know, and I would say, like, make sure you're eating good food, right? Um, you know, too many guys will finish up a game and the first place they run to is McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's, right? While it's good and it's calories, which I'm not against, is it the good calories that are going to help you recover, right? You know, I'm more in the line of, like, you know, get a steak or something like that. I'm a big – I. But that's just me. I really enjoy steak. Um, you know, make sure you're drinking your water, right? Make sure you drink water. Make sure you find a way to decompress after your games, whether that's some kind of a meditation uh, cycle that you do, like five to ten minutes. Do some foam rolling. Do your normal – sorry, I should have said – do your normal post-throw recovery, right? But then add in a how can I bring my heart rate down? How can I relax myself? 
And those are like my immediate, like right after the games, right? If you have a double header, you also need to make sure you're eating in between those games. Like if it's a peanut butter sandwich or a BLT sandwich or anything like that, like something that's easy to eat, easy to consume that you can get down pretty quickly. That's going to replace some calories you may have lost during the first game. Drink your water, get your uh, Gatorades, body armors, uh, whatever you might be, uh, whatever your electrolyte drink of choice is. And, um, you know, that's how you prioritize that game day nutrition, right? Good meal before the games, good meal between the games, maybe some snacks, like some jerky or anything like that. And then when everything's all said and done that you've had your meeting with your coach, you've had, you know, you're going back to your cars and everything like that. You make sure you eat again, uh, find a way to decompress. And then, yeah, it just goes right back to getting that eight hours of sleep, right? That night, right? Right. You know, you're only going to be able to perform as well as you recover. And then throughout the week, it's the same, kind of the same old, same old, like, like we just talked about. Follow the same nutritional guidelines throughout the week. Make sure you follow your sleep. Make sure you're getting into the weight room and um, taking care of your body. Like, oh, like if you pitch on a Sunday, you should usually uh, make Monday your recovery day, right? Then Tuesday becomes maybe a long toss day with a lift. Um, Wednesday becomes maybe a bullpen day with uh, Thursday being another recovery day after the bullpen. Friday becomes maybe a lighter long toss day, and then you pitch again on the Sunday, right? However your week goes about, that's something you can ask me on Instagram or on Twitter, X, I should say. Um, you know, I've got, got a lot of, lot of resources that you guys can utilize if you guys are interested in how to util, um, come up with your own strategies and uh, routines throughout the week to make sure that you're competing at the highest possible level during this fall and, um, you know, ultimately setting yourself up for success into the winter and in this next spring. So, um, yeah, if that's all the questions we had for this uh, edition of the August Q or was our August Q and a, um, yeah, if you guys have any other questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Cole Thomas Fast. I'm the same thing on Twitter slash X. Uh, you can reach out to Fast uh, Baseball at Fast Baseball on Instagram and Fast Baseball Dev on uh, X. Uh, you follow Fast Performance CEO on Instagram. That's where you can f- usually find all of us. And we're happy to answer your questions. If you got anything else you'd like to for us to be discussing on the net, on a later, newer edition of the podcast, I'm happy to uh, take advice, take some feedback, uh, any ideas. Um, yeah, that's our Q and A for this month. Hopefully, we'll have a guest next week. I'm trying to reach out to some people and get some things scheduled. But until then, uh, I'm Cole Thomas, and I will see you next time.